live at Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. Scott's back, riling up the crowd. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain. I am your host, Al Mancini, here on the Vegas Video Network. Think of me kind of as the teppanyaki chef of the food writing world. I've got a lot of flash. I like to light things on fire. I've got a big pointy hat of sorts, and I really like to flip people off. So anyway, I can still do that, right? We're not on broadcast TV yet. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to Top of the Food Chain, sponsored once again by our good friends at Bread and Butter. This is just such an incredible place. I'm so proud to have these guys as sponsors over on Eastern Avenue, all the way down south um, on Eastern Avenue. Great bakery in there, great lunch sandwiches run by Chris Heron, who, um, who used to be the pastry chef at Bouchon for seven years. And that, if you know, that place was known for its bakery. So you know he's doing good work. And also, he's still working on that new um, dinner time restaurant. They're only open for breakfast and lunch at Bread and Butter right now. But um, he's going to have a dinner time place called Meat and Three. And I will let you know as soon as that is open. Do you we, know when that's going to be open? I haven't. I do not have a date yet. No, okay. do not. Sorry. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about the different types of Japanese food available here in Las Vegas, moving beyond sushi and beyond teppanyaki, actually. I've got um, my good friend, Mr. Martin Kolef, a restaurant stylist, as he says, or a consultant who works with some of the coolest Japanese restaurants, alternative -y Japanese restaurants. So we will be with him in just a second. First, um, before we get started, you know, I was at this incredible party. I guess the great thing about being a journalist um, and a writer is I get to go places where they would never invite my punk rock ass in the real world. <laughs> um, I get to see things, and man, the, my good friends at Three Square, and you know, they invite me to some things because great charity, and I, I love them, I love their work. But they had a fundraiser last night, and I've got to tell you, I just got to give you a little glimpse into this. First, let me tell you where it is. It was in um, the home of Diana Bennett, her family, of course, very big in this town for for decades, um, but it's like if you go out to like the Anthem area and then you find McDonald Ranch and that's like you gotta go up the mountain and you start seeing these, these huge houses. And then you go into this other subdivision of McDonald Ranch, it's called like Dragon something, I don't know, and another gate that you have to go through and it's, you're going up and now you're not seeing huge houses, you're seeing mansions, you know? And then you get to Diana Street and you make a right there. I think hers may actually have its own gate on it. And you go up this one long winding road and there aren't any more mansions. The mansions are down beneath you. You can spit on them. And you get up to the, all the way to the top of the mountain. I mean, seriously, I thought I was in Los Angeles. And this house where they threw this, I just want to give you guys some glimpses. It's hard to show a beautiful house, but this is the entranceway. Those are models that are standing on both sides, if you can see them. He's you know, gorgeous, tall, skinny models walking around. Um, Zach Posen, the designer, was there. You get inside and there's just food everywhere. Two full kitchens. Here's a DJ outside by one of the pools. And just, you know, kitchen after kitchen. This is just such an amazing thing. And I do have to say, and, and these beautiful models just walking up to you and chatting with you, they were about, you know, seven feet tall and maybe 12 pounds. In fact, three square. When you're feeding the hungry, could you get some doggy bags to those models? Because I think they could use some of that food. 
But anyway, great organization. I just kind of wanted to give you a glimpse into how the uber cool people live in this town. Um, everybody there, super generous. They were putting teams together, or, or each people, you know, buying $10,000 donations and stuff like that. Raised a ton of money for Three Square. If you want to see more photos just of how the beautiful people live, go to my website, almancini.net. I'm also trying, since I couldn't get 10 of my friends to donate $1,000 or even 100 of my friends to donate $100, Kind of hoping maybe I can get a thousand or two thousand of my friends to donate five or ten bucks. So you can also do that through my website, Three Square, great organization. Great cause. They had tons of Japanese food there, mostly sushi though, not the kind of stuff we're going to be talking about tonight. We'll get back and talk about all the other cool kinds of Japanese food available here in the valley in just, what, 30 seconds, Scott? Ish. Ish. You know, one of the things I like best about the Vegas Video Network are the people. There are no divas here. Everyone is exactly the same off camera as they are on. Hey, Oz, what's uh, Cocktail of the Week this week? You know what? I'll let you know what it is when it's time for you to know what it is. Why don't you get off the stage and get back in your production hall? Oh, my God. You know what? And tell cheap-ass Whitney to get us some decent brand liquor. This hobo off-wrap crap ain't cutting it. God, idiots. Totally. And welcome back to Top of the Food Chain here on the Vegas Video Network, home to so much great Las Vegas programming. Find it all at VegasVideoNetwork.com. Just saw the guys from Pub Crawl. They're much friendlier on camera than they were there. Um, but check out VegasVideoNetwork.com. You can find all of our programming on YouTube, on Raku, um, Roku, excuse me. What is it? Roku, right? <laughs> I'm thinking I've got Raku on my mind. I've got Japanese food on my mind. Um, and again, if you want to leave us, um, if you want to, right now you can get in the live chat. If you have a question for a future show, that's food at VegasVideoNetwork.com. And if you want to leave a voice message for us, it's right there on the right-hand side of your screen. You just click the little button, talk into your microphone, and um, say whatever it is you got to say. Anyway, to get started today, Martin Koleff, yes. restaurant stylist. Right. Makes it sound like you should be doing people's hair at the right. restaurants there, man. Um, it's great to have you. Thank you it's so much for coming. I've known you for four or five years now, yes. maybe. Yes. And you have kind of revolutionized the Japanese dining scene here in Las Vegas. Right. I think we've got a cooler Japanese dining scene than almost any major city in America. There are a couple right. out there that can, can rival us, but the kind of food that we have here in Japanese, it's, it's amazing. And you're sort of the consultant stylist who brings yes. these restaurants and helps them develop? Right. Uh, each and every uh, owner has their own problem or they'll have their own uh, little uh, nitty-gritty that they want to take care of. Uh, if it's education, it's training, or is it uh, sales, PR, whatever. I come in and I help them what they need. They might need one thing or three things, you know. And, uh, and they're all local, all the local restaurants. Now, when I came to Vegas 10 years ago, there was no good Japanese food. You get a little good teppanyaki, and if you had the money to afford to eat at Nobu, you could get good sushi, right. but I did not. So I would find like one, I found one sushi place, and I won't even say its name, but it was like the best that I could find in Las Vegas, and by New York standards, it sucked. Then we started getting much better sushi, but really, starting about three or four years ago, we've been having really all kinds of crazy Japanese food. Um, people think, Americans think Japanese people eat teppanyaki and sushi. That's what they eat in Japan. 
No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, sushi is also, uh, it's not that uh, common unless you go to a really cheap uh, sushi place that has a little belt, goes around in a circle. And those are fun. Yeah, those are fun. Those, those in Tokyo. Fun. But that is, uh, that's the regular uh, economy uh, type of sushi. Uh, to go to a real sushi place, it's very, very expensive. Yeah, I've spent a lot of money on sushi. I was only in Japan three days. And I think I spent more money than I did on my airfare on sushi over those three days. So I want to run down. I'm going to go through a list of um, a few of the types of restaurants, Japanese dining experiences that you can have here. And if you could throw that graphic up there. Um, noodles are very common, and I want to go through the different kinds. Robata, we've got Kaizatens, um, Itaria, Royori? Roy yeah. Okay, okay. That's, that's Japanese-Italian. We've got Itsukaya, Sushi, Teppanyaki. We're going to go through them one at a time. Okay. Let's talk about noodles, though. Noodles are very common, right? Yes, well, noodles in Japan, every corner, you'll get a noodle shop of some type. Most of them are ramen, and uh, ramen noodles uh, are in the broth. There's thousands and thousands of different kinds. And, uh, now, ramen has a bad name in America because some, you know, that 15-cent packet that right, you get, it's all right. MSG and sodium. Right. Well, ramen, the, the history is, comes from China, from noodles, and then it turned into ramen in Japan. Right. And uh, in the 70s, I guess, cup noodle kind of like mm -hmm. destroyed the image, but maybe not. Uh, in a different way, everybody has learned throughout their life that you can have noodles in right. a bowl. And so, yeah, ramen, soba, and, um, and what's the other bit? Udon. Those are the Udon. three that most Americans know, right. I'd say. Those are, those are the three most popular here in the States. Could you give me the difference between those three? Okay. Uh, the udon is made out of flour. Okay. And then, uh, then we have soba. You said soba. Right. Soba is mostly buckwheat. Okay. And they also have different kinds of flavors. And they're also made in different sections of Japan. Uh, and it's kind of like uh, about uh, water, about the uh, weather, and uh, what kind of uh, uh, buckwheat they make in that certain area. Okay. And then what type of noodles are ramen? Okay, ramen are mostly, it depends on uh, the, the owner, but uh, mostly they're, uh, uh, they're wheat made with eggs. So they have that tent of... Uh, little yellow, yellowish. Okay. Now, the one thing that I think is kind of true about Cup of Soup's version of ramen noodles is it's cheap. Yes. I mean, now, of course, you could get theirs for 15 cents. You can't get ramen for 15 cents in a good right. restaurant here, but you can get a full bowl broth ramen with, with pork in it and eggs and things like that for maybe 10 bucks. Yeah, oh, from 7 to 10. 7 to 10. Depends on the restaurant. Uh, yeah, and the place, and we'll pull up a picture if we have Manta over there. This is really the place that took off the ramen explosion yeah. here in Las Vegas, one of your restaurants. Um, and there, they just, they're, they're these beautiful, wonderful noodles. Great, just some of the most succulent pork I've ever had. And I don't think I've ever spent, wrong, wrong restaurant, but that's okay. <laughs> no problem. Um, but, um, Monto is what we were looking for if you have it, no problem. But um, just incredible, like, look at that. And that's what, seven, eight dollars for that? Yes, it's about seven, seven dollars. And it's amazing. And it's a tiny little restaurant. It really started the explosion. Right. Um, the owner approached me and said, okay, I'm going to rent this place, so what should I do with it? And I go, well, look at Los Angeles, look at New York, look at Seattle, San Francisco, you name it. Americans love ramen now, so you should be the first to really come out with only ramen places. 
There were a couple of sushi places that had ramen on their menu mm -hmm. uh, already in, in Las Vegas, but uh, um, uh, specializing, and also he is also from uh, the Southern Islands part. So they do very nice tonkotsu, tonkotsu, which is pork, right. uh, pork uh, broth. Yeah. So he brought his hometown chef over to come up with mamta. And the beautiful thing about Manta or any of the other ramen, and there are a lot out there, guys. You can go, I mean, I, I went to Anime Ramen, and of right. course, Big Wang, everybody's talking about. There's uh, Sora. Sora just opened, right? Um, but the, the cool thing is, you don't have to be intimidated about this food. I mean, the menus are very small. They're very self-explanatory. They tell you what they are. But what are the basic types of broth that ramen comes with, so people are familiar? Okay, we get the pork, that's a tonkotsu. And then we, uh, there's also a shoyu. Shoyu base. Uh, the shoyu base is usually made, all of them have vegetables in their broth, uh, and, and it takes uh, almost a whole day to come up with the soup. Um, and then you also have uh, the shio. Shio is a salt base. Most of the shoyu base, soy sauce base, and shio base are vegetables and chicken, okay. kind of like in the broth. Uh, the tonkotsu, you add the pork. Right. Now, of course, the one bad thing about the instant ramen is the sodium content oh. is like 100% of your sodium content to, for the day. Right. You're talking about these being soy-based and being salt-based. How bad are they health-wise, sodium-wise? Uh, health-wise, it's a very, uh, very small fraction. Very small. It's very healthy, too. Okay, so, so it's not like eating it's, it's the salt from the vegetables. Okay. okay. Um, the next thing we want to talk about, and this is really the mac daddy of cool Japanese dining here in Las Vegas, um, and that is robata-style dining, um, or an aburia. Is that the, the name of the type well, of restaurant? Aburia means the same thing as a, in a way. Aburia means the, the way to uh, cook it. Right. That's, aburia is a charcoal way. Right. And, and uh, robata means the paddle that they're served yes. on, right? That's why Max Jacobson always yells and says that, that your place is not, that Raku is not robata because you don't have paddles. <laughs> right. But, but we couldn't, probably we couldn't possible to do that in the United States. There's too many health regulations. So when you hear ribata or when you hear aburia, what you're really talking about is this incredible charcoal grill. What type of charcoal do they use? They use binchotan. It's, uh, it's, an, it's, an, it's, it's kind of like a cherry oak uh, made from uh, uh, a special oven that they, they take a long time to really process this uh, charcoal. And so it's, it's this little grill, well, not depending on the size of the restaurant, and they cook everything on that. I mean, you can have nice basic things like chicken or vegetables, and then you can get fish intestines or cow intestines, and you've got tendon. I mean, at, right. at Raku, which is the place that really brought this to Las Vegas, there were some places on the Strip that would have a Robata grill. Right. I think Japanese in the Mirage right. still has one. But really, a place that specializes in it, and the first place was Raku. And that became kind of the, the place where every chef went after work. Right. I mean, that's, it's a late night thing. And a lot of these restaurants we're going to be talking about, they got to be the hangouts for chefs when they yes. get off of work. Is it still, it's still like it's that? It's still like that. You see very famous uh, chefs at Raku and some other places too. But um, as you were saying, the charcoal, um, he uses 100% bichota. Most of the restaurants can't afford that. It's very expensive. A box like this, something like fifty to seventy dollars. Now, Raku, I have to tell people we talk about price. Raku is deceptively inexpensive. I walk into Raku and I look at the prices and I'm like, oh my god, this place is dirt cheap. 
And then I eat and I eat and I eat and I get my bill and I'm like, wow, this place can, you got to really, especially if you're having sake and things like that, you really want to pay attention to what you're spending. It's worth every dime. I love the restaurant, but that's the one thing I like to warn people about because you're going to, you go online, you see the prices. Those are very small portions. You're going to eat family style. You're going to share a lot. And it's, what would you say the average price getting out of there would be? Well, something like, um, say, if you really want to eat enough. Uh, fifty dollars, forty, forty to fifty dollars each. Okay, yeah. that's not with no sake though. Without sake, right? And they have a good sake program yes. over there. Um, and then they also have the tasting menu. Could you explain mm -hmm. that? Uh, they have two tasting menus. One is called the omakase. The omakase means that the server will ask what you prefer, and she'll come up with her own right uh, menu. And you pay a certain price. You'll say, I want to do a $50. I want to do a $30, uh, $40, $70. And uh, she will pick it out. So uh, it's, it's very good because you're only paying a certain amount, but you might get more. Isn't amakase, well, first of all, I always say amakase is the most beautiful word in the Japanese language, <laughs> in my thing. But in any Japanese restaurant, even in a sushi restaurant, um, really, if you go in and you just tell the sushi chef, and it, it translates loosely into, your, I put, yeah, I'm in your yes, hands. I'm in your hands. I'm in and your hands. That's what it is. And then the other one is kaiseki. Kaiseki is a course, like in French, uh, French cuisine. It's the same thing. It starts out with appetizers, goes into the, and it ends with rice and then uh, dessert. Right. So that's very unique in this town. The kaiseki menu is unique to Raku. But like I said, if you walk into any good sushi restaurant, a lot of them will have a makase and that's right. preset price points. A lot of them, though, I mean, if you just walk into a restaurant and say, could you do a makase menu for me? I'd like to spend $50. Right. I'd like to spend $80. I'd like to spend 100 And you can really do that in just about any good Japanese restaurant in America, probably. Right. Um, but yeah, the kaiseki, now you have to call ahead for that kaiseki menu. Right? Kaiseki, yes. You have to give them at least three days. And that's because you're getting crazy ingredients? Well, yes, we're getting uh, them sent in, or we'll have, uh, somebody will have some certain kind of fish, and he wanted, he'll want to do it. And then also, if you do a kaiseki, uh, you can tell them how many times you did it, and each and every time will be different. Right. And that's, yeah, a lot of, a lot of great Japanese restaurants, I notice they kind of they take notes of what you've had the yes. last time, and they make sure that you're having different things, unless they notice you really loved something, right. and then they'll give it to you again. Um, okay, so that brings us through Robata. I want to get into the coffee house, and I'm going to get how to pronounce the, what's the word? Scott, it's throw coffee. that word up there. I'm going to try to pronounce it. <laughs> now we don't have the graphic. That's cool. Um, okay. I threw you guys way too much stuff. The basic graphic. Yeah. Um, yes. So which one is Kisaten. it? Kisaten. Kisaten. Okay. That's the third one down there. Kisaten. Uh, right. And that is basically a Japanese coffee house. Yeah. It's a Japanese coffee house. It started mostly uh, during, it uh, started out before the war. And then after the war, it really picked up because a lot of American, was, Japan was becoming Americanized. Right. And so it was the first time that they have coffee. You know, it's usually a tea house. They right. have a tea and not coffee. Um, and so we got uh, the coffee started going on. Uh, dessert started going on. And then uh, the little uh, lunchtime uh, comfort food, like curry rice, uh, uh, omelet rice. It's a 
It's an omelet on top of rice, fried rice. With ketchup on it. With ketchup, right? Yes. Right. I see. I'm not a. a you know, people think I'm crazy. I don't put ketchup on eggs, and so like I ordered that there, and I was like, I mean, it says it on the menu, right, but it, right. it kind of says tomato sauce, right. I think, and then it's like, no, this is just ketchup poured on top. But I mean, I know a lot of people who love it, mm -hmm. and and the place we're talking about here in 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 Vegas that has it, the only one of those types of restaurants I know of is Cafe de Japan. Cafe right. de Japan, yes. Where are they located again? On Spring Mountain, uh, 5300 West Spring Mountain. Okay, and the types of food other than that omelet and fried rice, what other kind of things? Uh, are they? they have, uh, let's see, uh, they have a ha called a hamburger steak. It's, uh, it's kind of like, a, in, in English it's a Salisbury steak. Right. But it's more uh, juiced up with uh, vegetables and, and the meat. And then they have a lot of uh, uh, dressings for it. Uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of things nowadays. He also does uh, tempura okay. his way. So. So there, but there's kind of, it seems, an American influence on the food yes. there. Right? And, um, and they only serve coffee. Is there a special, is there a Japanese preparation of coffee that's traditional? Well, uh, as you say, it's new. Right. Coffee it's, 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 it's a siphon, siphon uh, coffee. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's uh, the hot, the beans go on the top and hot water goes, funnels up. And then when it's ready, you turn the heat off and it comes back down. And that's what siphon. It's usually used to be uh, very famous in Europe. Way we're talking about the uh, 20th century or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't drink coffee, so I didn't try that while right. I was there. I feel bad. Coffee is just the one thing that I never got <laughs> really? into. But um, you can't get, there's no alcohol if you're going to Cafe de Japon, no, right? No, Cafe de Japon has a full license. Oh, does it? Yes. I must have gone in the early days. Right. Did it not happen right. originally? Right. Okay, so. Um, there, there we've, so we've gotten through the coffee house. Um, let's talk about an, an itzakaya. Izakaya. Izakaya, mm -hmm. which means with sake, right? Or something okay, yeah. like that. Izakaya is more as, as drink and tapas, right? Um, it's well, see, you, you say tapas. Yes, I know. Tapas is Spanish. <laughs> I hate when people say Japanese tapas. <laughs> I know. Okay? But there is no really... The other word we can say is small dishes, right. and that's the only other way to really say it. So that's why they tend to say Japanese tapas. Right. right. And those are places where you really go to, to sit around and drink with friends and share, just like right. you do in a tapas restaurant. Right. You, you share things for right. the table, you drink, you share some more things, you order a little at a time, right. you hang out, you spend a day in an izakaya right. or a night. Right. Uh, izakaya is very famous in Japan. Everybody, all the businessmen, uh, they before they go home, they stop, stop by an izakaya, <laughs> have their drink and little uh, small dishes, and go right home. Which, again, is very much how tapas started in yeah. Spain, which is you go to the bar for right. a few drinks, and they put a few things out because you may not be having dinner till later at night, and you're going after work for a few That's drinks. They have to give you food so that you're not throwing up in the streets. And <laughs> right. it, it's, it's kind of the same deal, right? That's true. And now, there are a couple big ones here in town. One is Achiza. Um, right. The other one is Kayara, which you right. work with. Kayara, right? Kayara, yes. Yeah, and we, we've got that. If, if we can pull that up, I mean, just to show you how diverse the menu is, I mean, just, I, I realize it's kind of tough to read all these things as you scroll down, but you've got the appetizer section right. there. You've got salads. Right. Then you get on to, to um, I was going to say fried dishes, but what do you have there? Uh, we have hash. Uh, those are chips. Oh, okay, chips. chips. Um, then the age is the deep fried stuff, right. um, and then yeah, steamed yeah. dishes, steamed fried dishes. rice. 
A little bit of everything is basically right. what I'm trying to say. I don't want to read your whole menu, but and yeah, is that like the skewered there's, stuff? That's robata skewed. style, yeah, right? Robata style. Is there a difference between, by the way, robata and yakitori? Uh, no, yakitori is a a shop there, only only cooks chicken parts. Okay, that's a yakitori. But a lot of I guess Americans have bastardized yakitori to make it more like right the, the right. robata stuff. This robata style is more of vast. You can go anywhere, fish and everything. So. Right. So yeah, again, if, if people want to try that, I would recommend Echiza or Kayara. Mm -hmm. Both of those great late night scenes as well. Yes. I mean, yes. and that, I know it's supposed to be an after work thing traditionally, right. but it seems to be an after, after the nightclub right. thing a lot, or after work for chefs, you know? A lot of chefs, a lot of service, a lot of management. Let us talk about the strangest thing out there, and that is, give me the phrase for it, it is the Italian, the Japanese Italian food. Right, it's uh, the Italian Japanese, uh, uh, it's called, uh, oh, Italia Riori. Oh, okay. Italia Riori, okay. which almost sounds like, you know, people make fun of Japanese people because they turn right. their L's into R's, I mean, <laughs> Italia instead of Italia, right? right. I mean, it's, it's more of a, um, it, it started, Pretty long time ago in Tokyo. It was, um, it said a lot of uh, the chefs went to Italy to uh, learn how to make Italian food. They brought those procedures and recipes back to Japan, and then they started putting in Japanese ingredients and coming up with their own uh, identity. And nowadays, every third block, you'll see a Japanese Italian restaurant in Tokyo. In Tokyo. And yeah, it's interesting. I wrote about um, this in City Life a couple of weeks ago by way of talking about a restaurant called Kabuki that you work with. But it's interesting because the first and I think only of those Italian-Japanese restaurants was Kabuki. It was over on yes. Maryland Parkway. It was the university neighborhood right. hidden in a god-awful spot right. in a gigantic <laughs> Target strip mall. And um, yeah, I went there and I loved it. And it was great. And I was like, oh my god, this is crazy. It's, it's like Italian food but with a Japanese spin. And it's nuts. And I guess the owner didn't have much success over there with that. Well, yes, but he wanted to try something. You know, right. it was his goal to, and he had a sushi restaurant anyway. So he said, okay, let me just try it and put a little bit in there. And it did work out with people that understood, like, like you and some other, a lot of other people. So he, he said, okay, I'm going to get a, pull this out and open it up on Spring Mountain. Right in there with everybody, everybody else, else now. <laughs> right in there with Big Wongs, right in there with Raku. I mean, seriously, people, there's this one shopping center on Spring Mountain Road. It's behind, it used to be behind the Aussies, which was yes, where you would yes. go drink before or after. The Aussies is now a Kilroy's, in case right. anybody cares. So, but that's the sign you're looking for. And in this one shopping center, you are going to find Raku, which we right. spoke about. You're going to find Manta. Okay. You're going to find Big Wongs, which is another right. ramen noodle place. And you are going to find now, they moved this idea from Kabuki. It is now called Nakamura-ya. And I ate there the other night and had such an incredible meal. I sent some photos of these dishes. And just to tell you what the Italian spin on, um, on, on excuse me, the Japanese spin on Italian food really is. Can we just throw a couple of those up if you have them, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, this is basically your, your clams, spaghetti and clams. There's linguine and clams, that looks like, not spaghetti. But um, that, that, that's pretty basic. The, the other pasta, the one that comes after that, this was just absolutely amazing. This was um, 
spaghetti in a sea urchin cream tomato oh, sauce. Yes, yes. And it's like, oh my, it's like, I don't know why the Italians didn't think to put sea urchin <laughs> in there because just so absolutely amazing. I mean, mouthwatering. And then we've got a carpaccio up there. You know, the Italians do it with beef, Japanese do it with octopus. I mean, just an amazing <laughs> octopus carpaccio. Seriously, guys, if you want something, it's a little familiar, it's a little weird, it's a little different. Nakamura in that same, right. same basically incredible shopping center over there. And if you were to see famous Italian chefs that are on the, sh on the strip, they go there. That's now. where they go to hang out. <laughs> so see, funny. they weren't going over to so Maryland funny. Parkway, were they? <laughs> That's so funny, right? I'm sure the Italian chefs must love it. You know, they, they do Italian all day, every day, and they want to yeah. see how somebody puts a right. new and unique spin on it. Finally, we've got about two or three minutes left. I want to talk about sushi, because you just opened probably the hottest new sushi place <laughs> here in Las Vegas, and it's Kabuto. Uh, Kabuto. It's Kabuto. called Kabuto. It doesn't have a sign on it, so good luck. S same parking lot, though. <laughs> no, you just look for Nakamura, yeah, and it's next door. You look for Raku, and it's right there, a couple doors down. Um, but what I like about this place is, you know, I know a lot of you guys out there, you love the crazy rolls, the screaming orgasms, the, you know, the dragon rolls, stuff like that. That's not sushi to me. That's definitely not how sushi is enjoyed in Japan. I mean, sushi basically means the ingredients, usually raw fish, not always, on rice. Um, the rice is very important to sushi, but that's it. You don't need the sauces. You don't need the. You don't deep fry it, okay, people. I know, if you like it, great. That, but that's yes. kind of a, an American slash Korean introduction. But kabuto does none of that, correct? No, we don't. Uh, kabuto is only uh, regular sushi, which is nigiri sushi, and uh, and then some little knickknacks. But there's no rolls. Right. And nigiri, of course, is the sushi that comes on, um, on just on the rice, the, the fish on the rice. Um, Scott, do we have a question? Yeah, why don't we go ahead and wrap up with this last question here uh, from Kadishikawa. And she wants to know, or he wants to know, we don't know what this person is. So. <laughs> Let's go uh, he. he. Okay. Uh, can you get chow, chow and mushi in Vegas? Yes. Uh, chow and mushi is the only what place is, what that is I that know. Chow and mushi is the, we just saw the, the menu. Mm -hmm. uh, and it said steamed part at Chara, and chawamushi is a it's a, a pudding. It's kind of like a, a, a steamed uh, egg pudding with seafood and and vegetables inside. And where where can you get that? Get it at Chara, which is very good because even when I go to Chara, that's the first thing I order. Kiara is one of um, one of the few of these places we're talking about that's yes. not in that Spring Mountain Road yes. corridor. It's, it's, it's actually it's kind on, of on the it's uh, it's on uh, uh, Jones in two fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so look, man, I want to thank you so much thank for you. coming down. I hope we explained some new ideas of Japanese mm -hmm. food to people out there. All of your restaurants are incredible. I love them. I still have to get into the new joint um, yes. because there's only about what four seats in there, and I think <laughs> right. certain food critics we know are in there every night taking them all up. But what is it about fourteen seats? Or it's fourteen seats. Yeah, but it's incredible. No sign. Definitely worth all these places. Well worth checking out. Um, in the meantime, I want to give one heads up offhand. Everybody always wants to know about pop-ups, and usually by the time I'm able to tell you about pop-ups, they're sold out, because that's what happens with the pop-up. Um, our good friend Jolene Menina is doing the fourth in her series. It's called Chow Downtown, um, and that's going to be coming up in two weeks, I believe, in the, um, the Flame. And the, the downtown, what's that hotel downtown that has the Flame Steakhouse in it? Um. Uh, the big, it's the big hotel downtown. You know where it is. It's off the Strip. It's 
Um, just look up the Flame Steakhouse. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart here. But anyway, J Jolene's doing that. Tickets are still on sale right now, so um, just run a search for Chow Downtown or come to my website. I'll be posting. Um, I will be posting details on that again. This one did not. They, they've got 150 seats. Usually they have about 30. So you guys always want to know about pop-ups. So I will tell you. This is one that you can still get tickets for, so look into it. In the meantime, I'm going to be back next week. We have been promising Vic Vegas' return every week for the past three weeks. I think he's finally going to be back next week. Don't hold me to it. In the meantime, follow me. Um, I'm at almancini.net. Everything I, I write about food is all available there. I'm on Twitter at almancinivegas. And... Um, I, I write for pretty much anyone who will pay me. I'm a food whore, so you'll find me um, all over the place. Thanks a lot. Tune in next week. Thanks again. Thank you.